Kilmer. We're back with another Driven by Details podcast, and we have a lot of cool, fun things to talk about today. But I wanted mm-hmm. to ask how you're doing, brother. Good. Dude, you're doing well. Got a lot going on, just like everybody else. So just trying to uh, fit in everything in a short amount of time. I know you. I've seen a lot of your posts on both Facebook and Instagram. You've been making a tremendous amount of blocks, and I think the term you use to call it is the master set. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know we figured out the master set years ago um, with the body shop guys that need or want larger blocks for body work prep or primer prep. I mean, I never really designed the blocks to do Mm -hmm. that, but some guys like them, some guys don't, some guys like handles, some like, you know, don't. So, but, you know, having a smaller block when you need it and you don't have it is a real bummer, but a small block when you need it and you have it is, you know, and, you know, even, even my competitors, right. Uh, You know, use my blocks in your chest (laughs) right you know right so you know i'm kind of the small block guy which is fine that that's what i designed them for that was my thought process and sure i don't think that's going to change so no that's great i like we're we're gonna you know we've had a uh as we're going into the busy detail season for 2023 i'm just inundated with work and you're catching up on a whole bunch of things and so we're trying to fall into this rhythm with the podcast and i i've been uh, excited watching you build these blocks because I've noticed in some of your posts that some of the blocks that you have been building seem to be a little bit longer and a little bit mm-hmm. bigger than yeah, what for, I'm you know, used to seeing in the past. Yeah, for the body shop guys, you know, and, and, you know, we've always done those, but I don't really market myself after the big blocks. I mean, there's enough really good quality blocks, you know, like linear blocks, you know, Colton, uh, Lucky Matt's Next Level out of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other uh, sure. companies that are coming up and about, which sure. is fine, you know, but nobody makes really the the vast assortment of blocks that I make. Plus, my blocks are custom made by me. Right. It's not a manufacturer. Everyone is made with my hands. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, well, that's... A, there's an el- a different element to that. A personal touch, you know, yeah. and you're almost yeah. building them for the individual's needs, you know. Sure. It's like they're saying, Kilmer, I'm, this is the stuff I'm working on and I'm commonly dealing with this. And you're like, okay, well, I'll build you these blocks or I'll build you. Well, yeah. This. And then we've been having fun with the different colors of foams, which is fun. It's, it's different. It keeps it, you know, non-mundane. I know. And, I want uh, some pink blocks, yeah. Kilmer. You want some pink blocks? I got. I yeah, only I, have I, uh, the black and green. Yeah. That's I it. mean, I made Jenny um, that came to the linear block class and made her an Easter egg assortment of blocks. So she was pretty stoked about that. So. Oh, that's, that's super cool. I know. As this year progresses, there's a lot of, you know, there's always something going on. There's never a dull moment, right? No, there's not. And I think as we slowly continue to grow our little businesses, we're finding ourselves getting pulled in different directions, which I know for me is really challenging. I've always felt like I've been very good at multitasking, but then there's these situations where, you know, it's... uh, service work, phone calls, scheduling, planning, all these things. And sometimes they don't go as planned. And no, that's, a, that's no, a, nothing rarely ever goes as planned because something else comes up or someone can't make a scheduling. There's a conflict or, right. you know, usually for me, when I travel, you know, we'll be going to Tennessee and doing a whole car in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's time that 
I'm not making blocks. So right. usually what happens is I get inundated with sets. I write yeah. it down on my my list and then it just gets compounded and compounded. Right. You know, more right. backlog work and, and I still need to make Jesse a set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so, you, uh, you know. Well, it is yeah, I it mean, is. it's, you're right. You kind of put it in order of priority, first come, first serve. Mm -hmm. And you just mm -hmm. start knocking them out one at a time. You know, I had this thought just the other day. I'm I'm starting to kind of move away from just doing regular interior, exterior detailing. Sure. And I'm still offering those services to past customer clients that I've done work for mm -hmm. and neighborhood uh, locals and friends, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. New customers, I'm actually going to take down the interior and exterior detailing portions uh, on my webpage. That should probably be live in the next couple of weeks. But okay. um, I had a family friend who owns some nice cars that reached out to me just the other day <laughs> and asked about getting two vehicles cleaned in, in you know, inside and outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was funny. She, she said, you know, how busy are you? And I said, well, you're going to be probably six, seven weeks out. She goes, okay, no problem. And then she's a very organized, she's in real estate, very organized, this woman. And she said, she goes, um, can you give me some concrete dates? And I, I said, so, well, I can give you concrete dates. Unfortunately, I can't give them to you right now today. Mm -hmm. And I started telling her, you know, I was kind of explaining to her why I was like, look, I have a lot of these high-end cars that I'm waiting to do this correction and coding work on. And I'm at the mercy of the weather. And mm -hmm. I often forget about how much the weather influences my schedule. Yeah. And it's like, and I put things into motion and it's just like, okay, I can do this vehicle, but then, then it just gets pushed back because we have five days of rain. And, um, you know, so I, I'm kind of, my schedule is really heavily influenced and dictated by the weather. Right. Well, you know, you, you look at the agriculture side of things, you know, they really are dictated on the weather. Their mm -hmm. crops are outside. If you don't get rain, your crops are dead. If, if you yeah. get too much sun, they're dead. You get too much this or that, or the soil's not good, or you get a tornado blown through your crop, you know, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You know, yeah. so detailers, you know, whine and complain a little bit too much. And it's like, you just got to take, take what, what you're given and roll the punches. Yeah, totally. And that's, you know, that's, it's part of that situation is you know, me working from home, I'm working out of my little, you know, home studio. And as much as I, as much as I love and enjoy being here, working here, the function of my shop, it, it works. I figured it out, but there's also on the flip side of that, it's not often convenient for me to take in three or four cars and then let them sit and hold and wait for them because I just don't have the space. So I well, have to do you know, on the, on the other side of it, you have the space and people take advantage of that. Oh, I'll pick up my car after I'm done with vacation. Right. Well, right. we're done with it. Pick it up now. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. You know, we well, dealt I guess with that when I was at PID, you know, we yeah. had one car there. It was a Volkswagen and the customer, good friend, you know, Chris Heyer and, and, uh, Delano's coffee and he kept, you know, changed his mind what he wanted to do and fine. And that was fine. Yeah. But still you look at this project for six or eight months, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, just like this bubble top. I'm just about done at, at J rods. You yeah. know, I've been looking at that car for a year and a half. Yeah. Just because my schedule doesn't allow for me. Sure. 
to, sure. to get on it every day. Yeah. And it's, I think it's these, these growing pains, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, and I said this before, I think a lot of the individuals that are listening to our podcast are small business owners, are mm-hmm. small detail shops. And so I know they can relate to a lot of these problems sure. and these challenges that come about, but it's just like, how do you, what's the, you know, how do you make it better? And how do you overcome that? And I don't think there's one textbook answer for that. There's because not. You just, you just have to take a deep breath and do whatever you can do in the course of one day, not think yeah. about yesterday, not think about tomorrow. You can yeah. only do what you're doing today. Correct. No, you know, it's, and make it's... every step count because you're going to take 10 steps back. You're going to take 20 steps forward. You're going to take it back, forward, back, forward. This, it's a constant yep. battle. It is. And being a service-based industry where you actually have to do work, mm-hmm. it's not like you're working from the computer at home right. where you, right. you know, the average salesperson, what do they do in a course of a day? Mm-hmm. Four or five emails? I don't know. I don't even know. I've never no, been. To I, I think it kind of just depends on the job. I mean, I know my old job as a sales guy, I was fortunate that I didn't really have to send too many emails uh, from yeah. time to time. Mine was mostly phone calls and in-person, you know, appointments essentially. But, um, you know, it, it's, I guess that you're right. It's different. If you're, you know, like you said, service business, you actually have a job or a task to do just like you, you know, like talking about building these blocks. Well, if you're out on the road, you know, um, you're not making the blocks, you know, hopefully you can teach, uh, you know, your kids. How to make oh, the they blocks. know how to do it. They're just a well, little lazy sometimes. But if, if they, if like, wouldn't that be perfect if you're out in the field working on cars and then your kids yeah. are back home, you know, oh, working on the blocks? You should it's... see them on the, on the belt sanders. I mean, they, they hold oh, you on sent a me block. Pictures. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty good. They haven't taken off their fingers too bad. So, oh, well, so as this podcast <laughs> advanced, we're going to talk about a few things today. Um, but I want, so I, we, we know you're busy making blocks. I've been busy in the shop. Detailing season is about to get in full swing. And as the, at the moment, we're shooting this podcast. I, I had 18 projects. I knocked out two of them. So I think I have like 16 more on the docket. And whenever those get done over the next couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. I'll be caught up. But I guarantee by the time you won't be we caught get, up. No, by the time we get well, so <laughs> next week, next week, the weather here in the Midwest is going to be the nicest weather we've had basically since September. It's Great. going to be in the, the mid 70s to low 80s starting already. And so mm-hmm. I know I always say, like, I, I used to say this when I sold detailing supplies, we get two, we get the one-two punch. And the first punch yeah. kind of comes when the snow melts, which we're in right now. And then that second punch comes, uh, I think it's associated with scents. Like, here in the Midwest, I think it has something to do with the smell of the grass being cut. The moment oh, you smell, yeah, the, lo- sure. the moment you smell, the, the there's, like, an association with the scent of yeah. the lawn being mowed that now... It triggers the brain like they smell the smell and then they're like, my car oh, my, is destroyed. My car needs to be cleaned. Yeah. I need I need to get my car clean. But also this last year, we've had an extraordinarily mild winter in the Midwest, which I think is ultimately going to kind of hurt the car mm-hmm. care, the car wash, the detail community. I think it's really going to slow down because of that. Or I shouldn't say slow down, but it's not going to be... Um, it's robust. Yeah, or or is kind of um, 
important. You know, I mean, usually mm-hmm. when we have, you know, eight weeks of crazy winter, well, was that your phone or mine? Yeah. Yeah, it was my phone. Sorry. Usually when we have, like, usually here in the Midwest when we have, um, you know, like a crazy two-month winter, you know, people are just jones and they get their car cleaned and all that stuff. So so you've been busy uh, making blocks. And then I know we, we were, I was traveling for spring break with my wife and we just caught up on the phone the other day. And you said that you're going to you're going to Spokane to work on a car. Spokane, I want to yeah. tell us about yeah, that. The, the, the Chevelle that we were patiently waiting for at Roaster Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, the SEMA Chevelle. He's been the- traveling the circuit and with the car. And uh, actually, my buddy Guy DeVivo, who works at Griot's, who I was going to go with to Portland, I was unable to go or they didn't need me. And he cleaned up the car for Brent, the owner, at Portland. But Brent's a very detail-oriented gentleman. You know, they told us at the Roadster Shop, you know, we need this change and this change and this. And he's like, Jason, I've got a few issues just from wiping it down or whatever. Can you you come to Spokane and teach me? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I I can fly there or drive or whatever. And I said, well, you know what? By the time I get, you know, I get to the airport, I get some of my gear. It's not going to be enough. I'll just take James and we'll drive over in his truck and load up the truck and probably spend the night, uh, buzz out the car and head back in the morning. So there you go. Yeah. But that's, you know, what does that cost? You know, I said, it's, it's a day's wages. Yeah. He goes, that's fair. You know, I'm a cabinet maker. I I understand what wages are and, you know, I work with my hands. And and so, you know, that's nice when a customer knows and values right what it takes to do something yeah it's relative especially when someone's working with their hands they they understand you know and and i've started doing that more now and i'm Mm -hmm. a lot i i don't like mobile detailing but i don't dislike it because sometimes going out in the field on certain projects i think there's a lesson there Mm -hmm. and certain projects you know warrant some type of a sacrifice to be made but i think right like and last last fall Right. We were at the Roadster shop for you know four or five days. Then we were at the Ring Brothers for another four or five days. And, you know, to everybody in those environments that just sees us show up. Right. We're here and we break, pull the stuff out of the truck, but nobody sees, you know, the time where I'm breaking down the shop and loading up the bins and putting this in here and making sure I got this. You know, I mean, that's that's time. Right. So like, how long does it take me to load up the truck? What do I need to bring? I've since then have made kind of more like of a master checklist of the things that I need to bring the lights, the cords, the tools, the pads. So it has gotten better. But in general, it's probably a good 60 to 90 minutes to break down and load up the truck. And then the same thing there and then the same thing back. So, you know, if that turns out to be three, four hours of time, are you getting paid for that? not everybody is you know no. and so and that's how how do you charge for that when i'm on an airplane do i charge every minute i'm gone no you can't do that you know you know i i think in other businesses they do you know they kind of charge in a, a travel cost but i think sure. it's kind of hard it's difficult to do that in the detailing world which is that's why i'm not saying you can't do it but no, that's sure why we can. charge more per hour than say some other people might charge per hour Right. You know, it's kind of almost it's, like it's, a, a built in cost, essentially. You I know? mean, you, you could charge double what you're charging now. Uh-huh. And there's still hours and minutes that go yep. missing. 
Yep. That's so that's true. That's just the way it is. That's just that's just the way it is, and and um, I don't think there's any way to really get to get around that. But um, you know, mobile jobs are fun, and I think one one of the things that I I like about mobile work and there's been plenty of situations and I know you've been involved in some of these jobs where we've forgotten a tool or forgotten an item right and what do we we still have to get the job done so what do we do we adapt and we make do harbor freight you you know yeah harbor freight Mm -hmm. and you make do with some of the things Mm -hmm. that you have and you manipulate it and you you just get by Right? You just you just do it. You don't think about it. You you make a decision. Hopefully, it's the right decision. Sometimes it's not, mm-hmm. and you just adapt and go for it. And I think young detailers really struggle with that. Well, this is not my compound I use. Well, okay. Yeah. So what? You don't have your compound available. You do. You don't have your favorite buffer. That's yeah. why I don't really necessarily have a favorite compound or a favorite buffer. I right. just do what basically whatever's closest to me. Yeah. And yeah. I make it work. You we know, should in the future. Ideal? No, it's not, but it's what we have available or don't yeah. have available. Yeah. No, it's, you know what? And that's what I think uh, in those situations, you know, kind of moving through adversity or a challenge, it makes you better. It right. Does. When you, well, when you, you, st- ha- you have to, you have to yeah. buckle up. Do you think a farmer complains about getting up at three or three thirty in the morning? Mm hmm. Well, he might. No, I mean, he might, <laughs> but that's part of the job. It's right. part of the job description. Right. That's why right. they have air conditioning radios in those John Deere's now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and headlights because sometimes you're plowing your field to get ready for springtime. It's springtime, baby. Yeah. Farmers are busy all across this country right now getting their crops ready. Yeah. So, well, you know, dude, it's 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 same, funny that you say situation. that because as we segue this podcast, uh, we're going to talk about training here shortly, but I, I missed out last year. I had a independent guy that owns a small dealership that wanted to learn how to, um, you know, basically recondition his vehicles. They're struggling. <laughs> I remember it. that. Yeah. 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 And and I missed out on the opportunity to do it because his window to do it was in his and my window to do it was in the fall. And he was doing just that. He was sure. getting his crops ready and and he's like yeah i'm sorry uh, you know i i really want to do this but you know i'm this is our my season and when i'm not here i'm in the you know i'm in the machine you know uh, plowing the fields so it's 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 funny that you just brought that up it made me think about that so um but after so you're going to Spokane with James to work on the next Chevelle week, next Thursday yeah the Chevelle that um that we did for the for the uh, roadster shop. Yeah, yeah. That was the black the black Chevelle with the white stripes. Is that that was a seventy Chevelle, right, or sixty nine? I think so. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, something like that. Um, you said to me on the phone, you're going to Tennessee. You got a car. You got to work yeah. on down in Nashville mm-hmm. or something like that. You're standing in the car. Fifty nine or sixty uh, Impala shrunk up. My buddy Tim Strange uh, called me up and said, "Hey, you want to come out and." You know, how long do you think it'll take us? I said, well, you know, if we work, you know, 16 to 20 hour days, you know, we should be done in, you know, a couple days, a week. Yeah. yeah a couple of days or a week. So, yeah. yeah. You're like, I love listening to you talk about it now. You're like, yeah, because 16, 20 hour days. Right. It, it's like, right. It's one of those things when you think about it, like working on some of these projects. And I think not enough people really understand the the time commitment that goes into it. Right. And it sounds fun and we're always no, up to the challenge, but no, then when you get going fun. on it, no. it's like, Oh no. man, I, I want to hit it hard and be done. 
I don't want to mess around, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, why I have a difficult time taking footage and videos and pictures. I don't have time right. for that. Right. You, know? you want to get the job done. Yeah. I want to get the job done. And then when you're done, you're done. You're like, I'm ready to go home. You know, I know. I know I've been struggling with that too. Cause I've been trying to do, I really want to work a little bit more on my YouTube channel this year and documenting the, the rebuild of the Honda civic and all that stuff. And so even, you know, I'm the same way. Like I'm very efficient in my shop and I'm, when I roll up my sleeves and I get to work, I don't want to let anything distract me, but yeah. I know I'm also missing out on these other opportunities to monetize and create content. So it's a, it's a catch 22 or a fine well, line. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all a struggle. I mean, what's a perfect world. You have someone that follows you around with a camera and records you like Robbie Layton does or Brent yeah. does with RJ and WD. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't yeah. see guys like, Jeremy Gerber with a camera following no. him around or Mike ring you know, or Mike ring. Mike ring barely has a cell phone. So, you know, he doesn't know how to take a picture on his phone. I don't think he's can, right. Uh, you know, so it's just different worlds. You know, it is a different world. Neither here nor there. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's okay. You know what? I'm just happy that I'm still seeking joy in doing the auto detailing stuff. I'm, I'm it's been, it's been kind of uh, exciting to see, this spring, like uh, how busy and how backlogged I am with work and cars. And that's, you know, I've always been busy and I've always been fortunate to have work, but now it's like almost on a different level than I'm, I'm, I, I believe I'm handling it well, <laughs> but um, I'm, trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. And I, I, I don't know, ask me in maybe eight weeks from now, you know, when, when uh, we start to get, you know, past mother's day, but I always, you know, like, April, May, and June are always really busy. And then there's a, a bit of a slowdown in July and August when people are using their stuff, right? It's summertime. Yeah, people are traveling. vacations or this yep. or that, you know, so. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So I know I'll have, I'm always, you know, there'll be work, but it's it's likely going to slow down. And, you know, that's okay. I'm, I'll, I will manage and I will make the best of the opportunities that come my way. But as we're talking about all this stuff, I wanted to kind of segue into what we've been, you know, we sat down, uh, all of us involved with Gloss University at the end of last year and tried to create a roadmap for what we thought made sense in locations to, you know, put out some of these um, advanced trainings specifically based around wet sanding and paint correction. And our first one was supposed to be at the end of this month in April at uh, Paul Springer's detailing studio in, um, I always say Irvine, California, but it's Anaheim. So it's Paul's, Anaheim. Yeah. Irvine, Anaheim, it's all the same yeah. thing to me. Yeah. I apologize for everybody listening to the podcast if I've said it wrong <laughs> in the past. Um, but we've had very little interest, very little traction, and we're going to postpone this class until we have a minimum you know, sign-up. And we were originally hoping to have 15 people for, uh, for the training, and I think we've only had maybe um, – three or four people actually stress interest. And I think the break even number was like seven or eight attendees to break even. So because of that, we're, we're not going to go, we're going to postpone mm -hmm. the class and we're going to see if there's any more traction with, uh, with people wanting to attend. But, you know, I was talking to Paul this morning about, um, you know, about California. And I, I know because I'm a snow lover that I've been, the Sierra Nevadas have been getting just pillaged with snow and they actually have broke like the all time record. It's over 50 feet of snow that they got. But 
you know, that's up in the mountains. But in Southern California, I was unaware that they've had like 12 weeks of rain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 12 weeks of rain, I guess, for you or people that are used to rain, it's not it's a nothing. big deal. And, no, it, and, it rained one year. It rained from October to April. Every yeah. day there was some sort of precipitation every day. And yeah. it's miserable because it's you just have to deal with it and, and move on. But, yeah, you know, some, there's some activities or some things you just it's very difficult to do. Well, I, I like to believe that that um, that type of what like Southern California, it rains, but not that much. No. And so I really think that like that that, that uh, there's a lot of things that have influenced the um, the whole detailing market in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And if you're a mobile detailer or you own a shop and you have 12 weeks of rain and if people are in scheduling and you're, you know, rescheduling appointments due to weather, what does that translate to? Lost revenues, right? Oh, yeah. And if, if yeah. you have lost revenues and you want to attend a class or you want to go and do something like this, you don't have the funds. I get you it. don't have the funds to do it. So, um, you know, and I also, I know you, well, you and I both talk to a lot of detailers around the country and around the globe, but I know that you talk to more than I do. And I know there's been this, it seems to be this reoccurring theme and it started last year about the detailing industry slowing down. And I, and Paul had said something to me about how since the pandemic has started, there's been a lot of people like an injection of people trying to start auto detailing businesses. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just been a flood of people in that region that have started businesses that makes it harder for, you know, for everybody else to, you know, to, to eat. So I don't, I don't have the answer, Jason. No, you know, um, no I, I don't, you know, and it's, it's the re I, I understand it. It's a low cost to entry. You could start, let's say you live in a HOA, right? And maybe you lost your job or maybe you need some extra income or revenue. You know, you can start with a couple of wash buckets and a couple of dirt guards and, some spray mm-hmm. wax and just start out basic with a basic, you know, vacuum cleaner. So the entry level is um, a very low to cost to start and mm-hmm. you can get going. So, yeah. and you can offer lower prices, you know, where you have a brick and mortar shop where you have expenses, mm-hmm. you have to charge more to cover those expenses. So Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. And I, I mean, but don't you think, like, based off of what you just said, don't you think that, I mean, look, you've been sanding cars for a long time. I've been detailing cars for a long time. Don't you think that that should be the natural progression of a detailer starting kind of and working their way up? Like, instead of just trying to throw yourself, like, if, if it, let's hypothetically say I didn't know anything about paint and buffing and polishing and detailing. And I just dove headfirst into a paint correction, wet sanding, and ceramic coating business without having any experience. Something to me seems like that would be a short-lived business venture because you'd either it is yeah. underperform uh, or get burnt out, or both. You know, usually, or both. Usually, it's both. Yeah, but you underperform. You know, and that's why. That's why I started sanding, and I, I knew that, A, I had to, I wanted to be the best, and I had to be the best because I'd never be out of a job. Plus, mm-hmm. with winter setting in and rain setting in, you know, from October, September, I was in the body shops, yeah. sanding cars. It was job security. Yeah. And now with the pandemic, like we've talked about, I've sanded more cars 
since the pen beginning of the pandemic than I have my entire career leading up to that. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I could stand, I, I could travel nonstop right now. Yeah. I yeah. can show up at the Rotor shop and say, Jeremy, put me to work. He's like, okay, go, go over here. Yeah. Go over yeah. there. Do that. Yeah. Do that. You know, so, you know, there's something to be said about being, you know, very skilled at a very small particular thing and you'll sure. never be out of a job. It yeah. might not be ideal, but no, it's and what we just talked about earlier. It's about getting through it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to, you know, uh, w- We've talked about this stuff. We've talked about trainings. And I, as this year progresses, we're going to bring in some other people that have attended Gloss University to share their stories and all that type of stuff. And, and um, you know, we're be, because of this, right? Like uh, I've said this before, and people have listened to this podcast. We talk about the term, you know, failure breeds success, right? And I don't, I don't look at, I, I would I would want to rewind and go back in time and go back to 2019 and 2020. And if we didn't fill a training event or something like that, I would feel personally responsible for why the class isn't gotten full. But I am also trying to be honest with myself and be comfortable with the things I can't control. Like, I don't know the yeah. California market. I talk to people out there, but I'm not in California every day. Yeah. I don't know what type of objections they're dealing with. And so... You know, at first, to me, Jason, like the fact that we don't have enough people to go to California kind of feels like a failure at first. But then I stand back and I take a breath. I look at it. and I'm like, you know, it's not. It's really just a um, a lesson. And we need to pivot. Right. We need to yeah. pivot a little bit. And that's what we're really going to spend the rest of this year doing is trying to pivot um, what we're going to be doing with Gloss University and how it's going to be displayed and then also the service offerings because look I understand you know fifteen hundred dollars is a lot of money right that's a lot of money for the class and I could see for somebody that might want to attend Gloss U they're gonna be like well that's maybe that in their head they might be thinking gosh that might that's a ripoff you know but I can tell you this Jason you've in all the Gloss U classes that we've done and bringing the show on the road on average to bring four or five people out there uh plus freight and supplies and machines you know it costs close to ten thousand dollars maybe a little bit more to put on a class yeah probably so, like 12 to 15 realistically yeah i mean and really and since that's break the, even that's that, break that's even n- that's not with any money in our pockets yeah yep so. yep yeah and so you know having said all that you know kind of one of the things that i want to work towards this year is expanding Matthew specialized detailing and then also finding a home for my business to move it out of the garage and then kind of creating a gloss university headquarters because let's just use easy numbers right if we go on the road and we do four trainings a year and average cost is ten thousand dollars to put on the event so we do four a year that's forty thousand dollars in expense costs just before we make any money right and you know if I can find a brick-and-mortar place locally here in the Midwest that we can set up the center the training center the detailing center how we want it where we can have a wet sanding room we can have a rotary room we could have a DA room and that basically all the tools everything is laid out and all we have to do is flip the switch and get to work right and then we can bring people in, and I think it'll be easier for us to um, to host and put on the events, 
right? Because, I mean, look, remember, do you remember last year when we went and set up for Gloss U at the Ring Brothers? Remember, like, we had four or five of us put in a 12-hour day just to set up. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember, remember all the work, you know, pulling, oh, yeah. breaking it, like loading up the stuff uh, from O'Burke and driving all the way out to the Ring Brothers and then breaking out the tables, moving the TV, setting up the chairs, getting the food, getting the coffee. I mean, there's a tremendous amount um, of labor behind the scenes that nobody really sees. And I wish we had more footage and documentation of that. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, some businesses, some consulting, some online courses you can do online courses yeah with detailing and showing people the the finer details it's very i'm sure it can be done but it's very 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 difficult it is um to to really yeah. it's something you have to be there feel touch taste see yeah. it for yourself uh you could probably do an online course but it's difficult you know it is well and i think that that could be a good way to kind of get started almost as like a prerequisite sure. or kind of yeah. like a qualifying to maybe establish your skill set or what direction you might want to go in the industry. But as far as actually like truly learning and understanding, it's, it is, you're right. It's very hard to display those fine, minute nuances that exist in, you know, the, the correction world. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, for us also, I think, I guess if anybody is listening to this podcast and they want to comment on this, um, you know, or send me or send you some feedback, I, I also think we need to offer more of a entry level or intermediate class because let's face it, the gloss use stuff in the most part is it's very advanced. Would you not agree, Jason? Yeah, it, it's fairly advanced. Um, could it be more advanced? Yeah, it always can. Can it be less? I, I think so. I think the average person's going to get more out of what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, let's face it, how many of the detailers have taken that that particular class or one of mine in the past, how often do they pull out sandpaper? That's right. not really in their wheelhouse on a daily basis. Yeah, scratch here or scratch there, but typically they're prepping, they're correcting, and they're protecting, typically yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and the sand, the sanding portion of it is not i mean it's good to know but it's not something that is going to be commonly used every day inside a detail shop you know no um no like it's, you said it's, it's a different type of detailing it's not even considered detailing yeah um, and i think you said that earlier like you know it's it's almost more like kind of in the in the body shop arena and it's way. not even body shop i mean the stuff that we do uh you know with the roadster shop and the ring blowers and these other custom car builders it's not even body shop stuff because it's so far out what normal body shops are doing. Yeah. So it's it's kind of an entity in its own self. And sure, it looks cool on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not fun. It's time consuming. You don't make, you make more money doing corrections and coatings or corrections and protections. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. You're right. Well, spend like a time commitment. You're you're basically kind of saying that based off of total labor hours involved in a sanding project versus total labor hours involved in a correction and protection pro you well, know, project. Well, I mean, look at me when I build a master set. How many hours, if I'm making a custom set, right, which they're all custom, or a guy wants a couple blocks, mm -hmm. dude, I can bang that out. I 
I, I a gentleman said, hey, I need some blocks for my Trizac. Can you make them the length of the Trizac? I said, sure, no problem. 10 minutes, I uh, I, I uh, sent him a picture, said they're done. He's like, what? I said, they're done. That's awesome. I gave him a price, and I made a lot of money compared to if I was to make a master set. Yeah. You know, with 50 or 60 blocks. You right. Know? So it, it's a lot, of, a lot of the easy in jobs, and you talk to uh, hot rod shops that do maintenance work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They make more money per capita doing maintenance work instead of full builds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's just like... And I think that that happens, you know, I can't wait till we can talk to get Mike ring and some of the other guys on the podcast to talk about some of their pains with that stuff. Because I think that's like, I say that a lot to myself these days. And that's why I almost try to over like overprice things when I'm talking to people about it, because I'd rather tell somebody a high number and work backwards from that versus give somebody a low number and have to work up to that. Right. Because I've, I've been saying that a lot more. These, like, it's always more work than you think it's going to be. <laughs> it's like everything is you get everything going on it. You're is. like, yeah, I can do this. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're like, ah, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> I, I signed myself up for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I was talking to another detailer on the phone today and we were, I was, he was asking me about time involved with cars and this and that. And, and I, I had, kind of while we were having this conversation, I kind of thought to myself like, wow, like most of the stuff in the last year that I've been working on has been, you know, of a higher level and doesn't necessarily need as much correction work as some of the stuff like I did in the beginning, you know, going back four or five years ago when I was, you know, uh, I was scrubbing out a lot of cars that have had, you know, 80, 90, 100 plus thousand miles on them to get them to look new. And the amount of steps and time and tools and materials that goes into that, um, you know, uh, is I'm very fortunate that everything that I've been working on lately has been much nicer condition. <laughs> so it ends up being less labor hours. But well, I know from, that from a business standpoint, yeah, but I love getting a dirty car. Me I, too. Cl clean, clean cars are. Yeah, but I love I do too. Like, the transition or transformation or both of a really bratted out nasty car. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's an enjoyment. Don't you think, though, it's not like a lot of times, you know, at least especially the way I've been selling that type of stuff to people. If, if a customer brings me a car that's totally destroyed mm -hmm. and I give them a high number, most of these people don't want to pay to have it done. You no. know, they and just, you can't blame them. No, you can't blame them. I you mean, know, I get it. Like it's like your video you did with the the poopy van video. You know, <laughs> you love that video, don't no, you? No, my my daughter loves that video. You know, she, and I she wants to keep on coming, Uncle Maddie. Yeah. Keep on coming. Well, you know, it, on that note, Jason, why? Like that's the thing. Like, you know, it, working on some of these trashed interiors. You know, our, our buddy Ruben. You know, he's the Michael Jordan of interiors, and you see he the is. tools and equipment and the and the 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 years of experience he has to be at his level. And if if people are paying, right? If 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 customers are paying one to three thousand dollars for these high level correction services, why can't we also extract a high number out of interior detailing? I don't, I don't understand. I, I was just, I, don't I was know. just, uh, got a, um, 
the auto laundry magazine and I was looking at the national average for auto detailing. I, I think the national average is still $200 for interior exterior detailing. But everything you know, cost wise has gone up because it's all petroleum oil based essentially is everything we use, right? From bottles to the chemicals to everything. Yeah. So the prices have skyrocketed. The uh-huh. entry level for everything is skyrocketed. Fuel costs have skyrocketed, but our industry as a whole has stayed exactly the same. And I mean, I'm, I, I, where do you think that, why do you think the industry struggles to raise the prices for interior exterior detailing? I have my own opinion, but I want to hear yours first. Uh, I think because there's so many people that are doing it that the, they're lowering their prices to get the job. Same thing with anything construction. Yeah. You know, you have a lower price, uh, construction company that just bids the job out to get the job, but they end up losing money. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, and it, that's what good is that? I was going to say that it's not good I for think, anybody. I was going to say that I think detailers are afraid to tell the customer no, but essentially that's kind of what you just said is the same thing. Like they're afraid to say, no, I'm not going to do it. No. They'd rather, they'd rather have some type of income or some revenue instead of nothing at all. So, yeah, but if, if those people in any business or any industry were to actually look at their cost, right? Write it all down on paper because once you start writing something on paper, it's a little more concrete. Like yeah. literally write it out. Don't put yeah. it on your phone. Don't put it on your computer. Right. Don't put it on a spreadsheet. Sure. Write it out. And as mm-hmm. you write it out, it gets painful of mm-hmm. what stuff really costs or mm-hmm. how many time how many times Jason goes to the coffee stand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my wife brings it up to me all the time. Oh, it's painful. Oh, it's a car payment coffee. every month. You and your coffee. You love well, I'm you. trying to cut back for yeah. multiple reasons, but it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And I, I just, I, I think about this stuff now and I'm, I'm, you know, and I think that that's where, that's where if someone is on the fence about wanting, you know, like here, look, I don't, I don't want to push, I don't want to push anybody into doing anything. Right. Because I did that for 17 years. Mm-hmm. as a sales guy. And when I was yeah. a sales guy, that's I wasn't a pushy you, sales guy. That's why you got out of it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but I do believe that I think there's just a lack of um, understanding and a lack of confidence. And I think if you can, if you can align those two parts, if you can understand, but then also have the confidence to back it up, it makes those, those um, situations where you're negotiating with a client, it makes them smoother. And it makes them a little bit easier, right? Because, like, let's face it, sometimes, you know, like, you meet a client, he's got a fleet of nice cars, right? And you're Great. he's a big guy, and he's kind of talks with a deep voice, and you can kind of get a little intimidated by him, and you're like, oh, like, I don't want mm-hmm. to tell this person no. So I think when you're kind of just attacking or maybe attacking is not the right word, when you're approaching the sales situation and you're coming at, um, coming at it based off of facts, whether the customer, you know, uh, they might not like what you have to tell them, but it's the facts. And that's not your job to get them to like what you have to tell them. You're just telling them the facts. You know what I mean? And so to me, I think that that is where there's a disconnect with with some of the younger people kind of coming up in the industry. Is this just a lack of experience, lack of confidence? Remember on the spoiler? Yes. At Roadster Shop? Jeremy's like... So why do you want to sand that? 
You're what like, did I say? You're like, no. That, I was like, no. I don't even think he finished saying it. And you were like, <laughs> no, nope. he didn't. I didn't let him. <laughs> you're like, I'm like, no. Nope. You're like, yeah. I didn't even finish, Jason. I, I know. I see yeah. it. I know what it is. And yeah. I ain't going to touch it. Yeah, I can't fix that. So, Sorry. so John fixed it. Yeah. Try failed. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't, and it didn't yeah. work. You know, but he didn't go, oh, okay. He was like, okay. Yeah. And it's, he, I wasn't mean, it's, ha- it's, he wasn't happy with it, but you know, no. I knew I couldn't fix it. So there was no reason to even attempt it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. If, and that's, and that comes with time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm kind of tying it into the, the training, you know, I want to go to California. I want to do more trainings. I want to do more group stuff. We, the last gloss university that we had at the ring brothers last June, it was really awesome. You know, we had, we had good weather, we had a good group of people that came from all over the country. And I think that those moments of bringing people together to unite their passion, to further deepen themselves in their craft, I think that that's special, right? No, it's and networking. It's, it's networking. networking. That, that's, that's, if you can go to a class like that mm-hmm. and take one thing away, yep. just one thing, yep. but understand everything about it from the beginning yeah. to the end. Yeah, because you're not. How can you expect yourself? And it's not fair to have three or four instructors, right, mm-hmm. with 25 years plus experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that over it's over a hundred years experience. Yep. Do you expect to learn that in two days? Yeah. No, no that's not fair to anybody. No, it's not but fair it's, to it's, me. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to the individual. Correct. Take something away. Yeah. And practice it from that point yeah. on. But yeah. we've contacted people, right? You have and I have. Have you practiced? Yeah. No, not really. Have you yeah. practiced? Not really. Well, no. Well, then yeah. what? What did you come out here for? Sure. You know. Sure. You, yeah. Well, I mean, you almost people... had. You have to qualify. Okay, I'm coming into this training. I'm paying good dollars, right? For mm-hmm. this, taking mm-hmm. time out, you know, mm-hmm. airfare, hotel, food. You know, I want to know. This is what I'm gonna. This, me personally, this is what I'm going to take out of it. Yeah. And have that set. Totally. And ask questions and be vulnerable because yes. that's the only way you're going to get better. But I, I think a lot of these people that take any type of class, it doesn't even matter about detailing, they're almost starstruck. And, and it's like, no, just calm yeah. down. You're all wound up for no reason. Just come in with a, a you know, open mind. An open mind. And attack it and trying to learn some new things. And yeah. if you could do that, it's well worth whatever we charge you. Right. Because you can take that and use those as building steps to become better, faster, and more efficient. Totally. And I, I, I agree with you. And I think it's hard for anybody on any level, right, to mm-hmm. put their hand in the air in front of a group of people and say, I'm not good at this right? Whatever this piece might be, you know, I really struggle with this because it exposes their vulnerabilities and they're kind of like, and then it makes that person in the moment feel less than this person. Like, and now I'm no good because of this thing. And I I think like, you know, when you started sanding, I'm sure you weren't great at it right away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, that's why they called you Bernie, right? Like you made mistakes, you know? And so, and, and I think that, part of getting better 
is, you know, being honest with yourself. And I think sometimes that's almost the hardest thing to do is just be truthful to yourself. (laughs) You know, so I think, you know, I would for, for everybody listening to this podcast, you know, our tone is a little different in this one today. And we're, we're kind of like, uh, already like i feel like i'm mentally exhausted kind of going into the busy season it kind of sounds like you're kind of like a little exhausted kind of oh, going I'm always this exhausted. Stuff. this doesn't change <laughs> so so i i guess you know i have a request from if if you've made it this far in the podcast and you listen to this one you know um shoot me or shoot you know uh jason or david one of us a message on like what you might like to see involved in a training or maybe a suggestion. If you have a suggestion or a request or something, that's cool. I love feedback and it's important because we are going to um, starting next month, it's going to be a couple month process, but we are going to work on some new videos uh, specifically for Gloucester university. And we're also going to revamp and reframe the webpage and its current layout and current design. And we're going to postpone the California class uh, until we have more interest. And we're still going to, you know, look at doing uh, the class, the beginner's class at Robbie Layton's in September. And we're looking at a date for the Ring Brothers, and we're still waiting to hear from PDP. So it seems like, you know, everything that we sat down and talked about in the fall, you know, we had this uh, a good idea and a good plan of what might work. And now that we're getting closer to these things, we're realizing, well, there's a lot of factors that are influencing it that are a little bit out of our control, you know. They're, and, they're, <laughs> it's you know? a worldwide worldwide right now out of control. Yeah. And so if you think about it from that standpoint, you're like, okay. Yeah. Let's put what we do on a pecking order compared to what's really going on in the yeah. world. We're not going on. It's like it's minimal. Yep. It's minimal. No, it is. Like, it you, is. Can't, and I, you can't beat yourself up too much. No, <laughs> and I – you know, and it's, it's interesting, like, you know, I, my heart goes out to the guys in Southern California, like, you know, if they've had 12 weeks of rain and it's really that slow, they're not even know, used to, tw- they don't even right. know what 12 weeks of rain is. Yeah. Well, they probably <laughs> never lived through that. Well, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not laughing at them. I'm just la- like laughing about it because that's part of the reason I really shut my business down in the wintertime. Like who in the right mind here in the Midwest is going to want their car corrected and coded, you know, in January, you know, January 15th. I always get like the one guy that bought a new car that wants it done. And I might have one project for the month or one or two projects for the month, but it's not like I'm gangbusters busy. And so, you know, I built my business model almost pivoting around that slow season. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, look, it's going to be slow for guaranteed 60 days and I'm going to have 60 days of virtually no income. And so I need to be really busy in the spring, summer and fall. And I need to be smart with my, with my income and I need to bury my, my nuts like a squirrel. So when, when I have a 60 day, 60 days of no income, I have enough money to float by. And so, I mean, when I first started, it was okay. After SEMA, it's dead. But mm-hmm. what kept me going was the projects from the hot rod shops. Sure. And then sure. when spring kicked around, when it was car show season, we'd freshen them up. And, you know, my summer was slow. That was my mm-hmm. because everyone was out enjoying their cars. Enjoying their cars, so right? They were using May to September. Yeah. You know, was slow. Yeah, so, it was slow you time. Know, it's just yeah. 
So, well, I got, I got a question for you, Jason. Like, let's just, okay, let's, um, what advice would you give to somebody? Like if, if someone's listening to this podcast and, you know, they're working either for a shop or for themselves and they're only doing, you know, OEM stuff and aftermarket stuff, what advice might you give somebody to kind of try to break into that arena? Like, okay, like they want to start sanding and buffing cars. I know you said it's not all that glamorous, but if somebody really wants it, what kind of advice would you recommend for them to kind of try to get into doing into more of that? What um, do you think? I know well, it's, a, you, it's, a, it's a mouthful. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's a, mouthful, it's a lot. But, but yeah. first of all, its hourly rate has to be lower than what you would get from detailing because mm-hmm. you have to figure out shops charge X amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. They want to make money on you, which they should mm-hmm. for bringing mm-hmm. you in. But if you're first starting out, you're not going to be fast. You're not yeah. going to be good. Right. And so it's a, it's a real uphill battle and it's all mm-hmm. about time, you know? It's all about very time sensitive. So you have a lot of things against you. So it's not really for the faint of heart. Um, You know, it's much easier to break into a correction and protection detail as it is, you know, a a show car. Um, We've been fortunate enough where we're very well known, especially me Mm -hmm. in the industry. And I really now I can charge whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it took, how many it's, years did it take me to get that? Yeah, over a decade. I mean, <laughs> two decades. Yeah, two decades. Yeah, I I did my first show car when I was twenty two years old. I'm yeah. forty two. I'll be forty three. Yeah, but I think it's a good, I think it's a good point. It's sacrifice. You know, I think you you bring up a good point about. I think that is good advice. You know, you have to be willing to sacrifice something, right? Because if you want more of something, right, you you have to give up something. Right. There's always, there's always pros and cons. There's always, um, there, you got to take the good with the bad, the, the, um, the bad with the good, Yeah. but not be too hard on yourself. No. So most people quit sooner than they can even achieve something. They quit mm-hmm. before they even get to a point where they can start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And that's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I sacrificed for what I did and what I'm doing, I sacrificed yeah. everything. Yeah. I put yeah. marriage on the back burner. I put kids yeah. on the back burner. I still lived at my parents' house. Those are things that people don't know what I did because I wanted to be the best in the craft I could be. Sure. Sure. No, I, dude, I think you hit the... be, It was beyond sacrifice. It was stupidity. Yeah. But that's what I did. And that's what I, you know, now we're, we're separating a little bit and doing things right. a little bit differently, but it took that nonstop. Sure. Sure. No, and I do, I really think that's good advice. Like you have to, what you just said, um, makes a lot of sense. You know, you have to be, um, you have to be willing to, uh, to sacrifice and you have to be willing to kind of work for a little bit less and kind of, you know, wrap your head around what all that stuff entails. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's, I think there's a lot of awkwardness that goes with it too. You know, like even, you know, even my, like when, you know, it's better now that I've been able to do a few jobs at the ring brothers and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, it's like, all right, I met the ring brothers first at Gloss university. And then, 
the Ring Brothers hire you to do a uh, a job, right? And then those two things they necessarily don't align because it's just like, well, when we're here to to host a class, it's a different it's a different environment. We're having right? fun. We're goofing off. We, we're yeah. not under a deadline, right? But now we're here to get a job done. And it's kind of like, yeah. oh, oh, wait, like you know, wait, we last time we were goofing <laughs> off, but now we you know we got to put the music on and just stay focused and get the job done. So I think yeah. it's like. I know for myself, like it's working on some of these higher end cars, you know, in the beginning, there's a sense of awkwardness and uncomfortableness that is just well, going to be present. Especially when you met someone for the first time and you don't know them, you don't know yeah. what their style is, how they work, how they get up. You yeah. know, when I went and worked for Zane for those two times for basically a month, mm -hmm. I never met Zane in person. I yeah. didn't know, you know, what kind of yeah hours he worked and what his sure. behavior was or not was i mean there was right. one uncomfortable time where yep. he was like jason you need to buckle down and get to work i'm like okay enough said yeah. i didn't yeah. ask questions i never brought it up it never yeah. was an issue but i'm like yeah. okay i get it <laughs> so there's there's yeah. that uncomfortable moment right like yeah. it's just like yeah you know it it happens i mean that's like yeah you can't it's not always glamorous Right. And I and we've it's mentioned this before. Yeah. We've mentioned this before. You know, the payoff at, at, is the end is when the job is done. Right. Like when you then that's the you know, of course, we do it to put food on the table at five o'clock and we do it because we love it. But while you're actually doing it, there's bouts of pain and struggle and anguish. You're like, oh, why did I sign up for this? Right. But then but it's it, it's the repeat. It's yeah. who's Jeremy going to call? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to call me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call you and we're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. But it takes time and yeah. being there on time. Yeah. Being there willing to work, ready to work. Now, don't ask questions. Yeah. We're not we're not looking over our shoulder. Where's Jeremy? Is he watching us? No, yeah. Get out of here. Go to lunch. Go to wherever. You know. No. And then, you know what? You get out of here. Let us do work and we'll call you or not call you. Or we might not even see you. Yeah. I don't care. Just as long as the check sign, I don't, I don't give a rip. Yeah, well, I and, and I, once, the, and that, that's what I, you know, I guess as we get kind of close to getting near the end of the podcast, you know, I think that like once the relationships established, it should get easier. Once, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you you kind of have a workflow and an understanding, I think it does get easier. And I, I've done a, a yeah. few jobs at the roadster shop without you, you know, and, and you know, there's a level of trust, like, you know, Matt's going to show up. He said he's going to mm -hmm. be here at eight o'clock and, you know, he's going to work till six or seven. And it's, you know, you put in a long day. Yeah. And if Jeremy or those guys are on the podcast, they'll tell, you know, they're super kind. They're like, hey, we're going to do you want to go have lunch? I'm like, nope, I got I, I got to get done. Like, yeah. I'm going to keep yeah. working. I brought snacks. I'm not stopping. So, yeah. you know, when they see when, you know, they you're working around other employees and they see the commitment right like that we bring to the table they're like they're like leave him alone he's gonna get the job done you know yeah i still yep. remember when we were working on when john was 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 spying on us but mm -hmm. not through the like, window through the window the room. Uh -huh. yeah and he was like we didn't know he was us. there i didn't even know he was there i i saw him there and okay. then i remember he came up to us the next day and and uh for everybody listening to this we're J jason and i were working on the grand national and there was um right on the driver door on the ledge like of the windowsill the windowsill edge is probably like an inch wide and there was a scratch and i and uh i'm like kilmer we can get this and you're like ooh, that's risky <laughs> so <laughs> so we're like i pulled out the the, the rotary and the, the smaller pad and mm -hmm. you know 
I'm holding the buffer and Jason's over there holding the light. And meanwhile, we didn't even know that we have the, you know, the shop foreman watching us work on this thing. And he later came up to us and applauded us. He was like, he's like, man, I've never seen two detailers kind of work like that before. We're you have like, to. One guy's to. holding the light and the other guy's yeah. holding the tool. And, and that resonated with him. You know what I mean? Because I think to him, that mm -hmm. showed him without us. Like, we were just doing a job and we weren't <laughs> under the gun at the pressure at that time. But we, not at that time. You know, not at that <laughs> time. But we knew that we could fix that spot and we can improve upon how it looked. And it just took, a, a you know, the right tools, the right angle, the right lighting and stuff like that. But I, I think that's something that John, you know, when he saw that, I think it, it kind of just validated our level of commitment and excellence that we strive for. Well, yeah. You know? And then the second day they were all drinking beers in front of us and, and making fun of us. So, you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, part of the deal, you know, that's, that's what I love about the hot rod industry mm -hmm. is as much as those guys care, mm -hmm. they don't take it too seriously. No, they, they really don't. No. Uh, well, cause I mean, you almost have you, to, you right? Can. Like you can't, like, and I think that that's, that, that's probably a good lesson for everybody. Like, you know, you get started doing anything, you have to take it seriously. But if you always hold that at the top, it, it's, it's, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to get upset. And so I think there needs to be that balance between, you know, be, you know, being serious about getting the job done, but also having fun, you know, no. and, yeah. and that, yeah. that balance really, I think is what keeps, I know it's what keeps me going. And I'm sure it's a, you know, it can keep, keep a lot uh, of other people going as well. But I think, you know, tying it back into, to kind of advancing and growing, I think you gave some great advice, you know, and it's compensation Take, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice for? What are you willing to gain? You know, yeah. um, and, 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 and being well-versed, I mean, that was many of the run, one reasons why, um, I started training and I started making sanding blocks is, is becoming verse. So when one thing dies out or slows down, I still have some form of income. Sure. Um, you know, I think it might be good for a detailer to get a trailer, right? And get yeah. a pressure washing set up to do roofs and houses and sidewalks. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And a lot of yeah. a lot of detailers do actually. Yeah. Have another full trailer set up or get a dump trailer and make dump yeah. runs. Um so you gotta true. you gotta just you gotta go get it. But it's, it's not that's gonna basically, come to you. No, that's like basically a transferable skill. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean it's just like, you know, there's a lot of uh I I, I know you know, you're adapting. Right. And mm -hmm. I actually, one of the guys that I used to back in the day when I sold detailing supplies, he, um, he used to work for a big organization and he was the purchaser. And so I used to deal with him and he ended up branching out, going out on his own. And he was mm -hmm. a one man band like me. And I used to sell him supplies and he started a small, you know, detailing business. And, and, um, we, I still follow him on Instagram, mm -hmm. but his detailing business has completely shifted and morphed. And now he doesn't even do detailing anymore. He's sure. full on yeah. pressure washing. He's got a, well, he does the sidings. He does the sidewalks, just like you just said. Yeah. I mean, that's, and yeah. he's making more money and can more do money. more wow. jobs you know, per day. Mm -hmm. And so he's figured it out and he's just like, I'm done with the detailing. You know, and I, I, know, I know he still I, does, you know, he yeah. still has his clients and he does, he dabbles with it, but his core focus now has shifted into that whole pressure washing thing. So that's, that's yeah. kind of funny that you brought that up. I mean, you look at Anthony Vula. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On a daily basis, he's just busy. Yeah. And yes. it, we've seen it. He crashes. 
Yeah. You know, he, he, things are not looking good, and he yeah. knows it, but he just keeps on going. Yep. One foot after the other. If yeah. you fall down, you take 10 steps back, you just get back up and keep on going. No, and, well, and it, What's your options? You're going to yeah. quit? Yeah. What, what good is that? Yeah. No, you're right, Jason. I mean, it's, and that's, I think that that's why most people in business, you know, not everybody is in business for themselves because mm-hmm. it is hard. It is hard. I mean, it is hard. It's really hard. And, and then, you know, um, even when it's good, it's still hard. <laughs> well, it is still hard. You know, and you got just because I don't look at it as quitting. You know, I've pivoted. We've pivoted mm-hmm. multiple times. You know, I had a shop. Now I don't have a shop. And, and I'm yeah. happy. But I learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, you learn every step of the way what worked, what didn't work. And yeah. that's not failure. That's no. just pivoting and just moving yeah. along with what what is doing well, what's not going well. And, you know, a lot of those decisions were mine and mistakes that I made and whatever. But, you know, it's part of life. It is. Yeah. It's called well, you're life. still here and you're still, still doing it. <laughs> you're still here and you're still doing it, Kilmer. No. Well, I I um. I am looking forward to doing more trainings this year and I'm looking forward to doing some more projects with you as the year goes on. And, and, you know, time is flying. It's already April. I can't believe it's already April. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. So I, there's still going to be some more stuff coming down the pipe and some more um, projects and some things as the year progresses that we're going to be working on. But I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, our challenges and our struggles with uh, with the gloss you stuff, because I always think honesty is the best policy. And it's like, you know, what are we going to do? I'm not like, you know, I want to do more of this stuff and I know we're going to continue to do it. But like like we just talked about adapting and pivoting and moving and stuff like that. Well, that's what we're going to be doing on our end as well. So um, I guess as we kind of recap, if you guys have any suggestions or questions or um, you want to talk to us about, you know, uh, training, you know where to find us. You know where to find uh, Jason. You know where to find Matthew. And um, I don't know, Kilmer. I um, I know you got blocks to make, and I gotta actually get back to work and and finish clean up the shop. I gotta get ready for some more vehicles coming to the shop this week, and I got some really cool projects next week. But maybe we'll talk about those projects on the next podcast. What do you say? Sounds sounds good. All right, brother. Well, I hope you have a nice uh, afternoon. And we'll catch everybody on the next episode of Driven by Details. See ya.